Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Tiffany Fikes. I'm Kimber Lovett-Minkiti. And I'm Wendy Papazan. You guys, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Today is the day we have... Two of our new co-hosts on today, and uh, we're going to do a deep dive into both of them. So welcome, Kimber. Welcome, Tiffany. We're just so happy you're here. I'm so excited, too. It's so fun getting to- Me, too. It's exciting. Yes. And I'm so excited we're getting to do this together because we've known each other for- gosh, close to 10 years now um, outside of the podcast. And so we're really excited to be bringing um, their expertise and their dynamic and just their perspectives to the table because we think from a listener perspective and honestly, selfishly for me, because I want to learn from you both, um, the the gifts that we're going to get from these two um, and joining the podcast with us is just incredible. So I'm so excited to have you both here. Thanks. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited to be here. Well, well, so we're going to do a deep dive into uh, Tiffany's story and Kimber's story as well. And so Tiffany runs the Fikes Group out of Nashville, Tennessee. She's also kind of my inspiration in terms of achieving financial freedom at such a very young age. She owns multiple investment properties. Uh, She just bought her second home uh, in New York City during COVID and is the wife, uh, is a a wife and the mother of two almost teenagers, right? How old are your sons now? About to be 13 in like three weeks. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you have a teenager. You know, and Kimber has, if if you want like to know who should run for president, it is Kimber. Love Menkiti, if we're going to be honest. Um, that's always our. We're going <laughs> to make it happen. this happen for you, Kimber. Wherever we Congratulations. go. <laughs> I know, man. The Kimber kickoff she, campaign. She doesn't know it, but we announced it. For, yeah. I know. I'm like, you never say no, <laughs> run though. For something. We always say no, this. You never she say hasn't no. Said no, yet. So. So. She shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but we're telling I mean, you right now that if it happens, you heard ladies. it here first. Um, but Kimber is one of these women that you're just kind of amazed at how she does it all. I mean, not only is she the mom to four incredible boys that are just absolutely darling and so dynamic, but she um, owns market centers. She has a real estate team. She has investment properties and developments. She serves on nonprofit boards and also on um, the boards for the real estate um, commission in her area. And it's just, it kind of blows me away that you do it all with grace and with poise and just such a cool, calm and collected way. I honestly don't know how you do it all. Uh, (laughs) And so we'll get to dive into some of that today. Um, But it's just incredible what you have built and what you're continuing to build and um, the journey that you're on. So we're really excited you're here with us. And also the mom of four Mm -hmm. beautiful boys. True. I think, and your oldest Mm -hmm. is a teenager now, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, we just crossed to fourteen. So fourteen. Cam to is three. kind of our baby. So I'm like Amazing. at every well, phase. I met you guys, your kids were so little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so little. He so is. Little. So yeah, Tiffany, let's baby. start with you. I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. Uh, tell me, um, tell me. Let's oh, start from great. birth. No, um, <laughs> you're from Texas yes. originally, yes, I am. right? And uh, 
you grew up in Texas in a smallish oh, no, small. town small in Texas. Town. One high school. Small. Okay. Small. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Nice. And how was that? You had a nice childhood <laughs> as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, I had a great childhood. Uh, grew up at, the, the advantage of a small town is, or the advantage and the disadvantage, you can be a big fish in a small pond. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I was able to do a lot of things and have a lot of opportunities um, at a young age that, gave me leadership skills. You know, like I played piano for my church when I was 12 mm. because there was no one else to do it. And, you know, I started teaching piano when I was uh, 14 because mm. you could in a small town where it's, you know, in a bigger city, sometimes you don't get those opportunities because there's so many people to fill them, so many adults to fill them. So that was one of the huge advantages I had growing up in small town, Texas. Mm. I love that. And then from there, what happened? So then I um, devastated everyone by going to film school um, instead of (laughs) being a doctor or a lawyer or whatever all those people, you know, whatever (laughs) the expectations of me were from that small town. And, um, but went to the University of Texas um, where I was somewhere around Seychelles, but we never met each other because there's- In the same school. Yeah. Oh, wow. In you guys went same, to... Yeah, I didn't same, know that. Okay, how did I not yeah. know that? You yes, guys went to we UT at the same, the same time? Year, I didn't know that either. College of Communications. Yeah. Uh-huh. We were meant to be. We just didn't know wow. it. Wow, you probably oh, passed sure. each other in the hallways. We were in a class together of 200. Like, mm-hmm. We just yeah. didn't know it. So, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, that's so, so cool. So, went to film school um, and graduated and actually used my degree, the degree they told me... I would never actually use, um, and got in and they, was this they anyway, the world, what the world told me, Mm -hmm. which (laughs) the world didn't know who I was. And they didn't realize that just simply by telling me it wouldn't work just ensured that it would. Um, so I got out of college (laughs) and, um, really, went into production. I I had my own, I made a business card and had a production company. Reuters hired me. What was you know, the name of it? I was thinking it? about that today. And I was like, I need to go find it. I remember, I, I mean, I, I think it was just Felton Productions. That was my maiden name. But I made the business mm-hmm. card look mm-hmm. like a, a VCR, a, a VHS tape label. That was what it looked like. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Like nobody would even know what that is now. If I showed you my business card, they would have no idea. They're like, what is that? Why does it look like that? Oh yeah. It was cutting edge. And then they were probably like, that's so cool. (laughs) So Um, creative. So yeah. So I did that. I got one big client that kind of was my tent pole. They did five events throughout the year that could pay my basic Mm. bills and then just Mm. kept looking for new projects Mm. and finding new opportunities. And, um, Moved to Nashville um, with, I got married, moved to Nashville. We were actually mm-hmm. trying to go to New York City. Nashville was halfway. Mm-hmm. Thought we'd stop for a little bit and then go on to New York because I wanted to work in television. And um, then fell in love with Nashville and career path went a completely different direction. Because there wasn't a lot of television opportunities mm-hmm. in Nashville. They were dying. Yeah, it was a, it was an industry that was dying. And so the people there were scarcity minded and were 
where in Austin, where I was at the time, it was very much like, oh, you're the next talent. Like, yes, we want to hire you. And in Nashville, the mentality was more like, you're going to take my job. No. Mm. So um, we, I worked, but we really, Joshua and I made a conscious decision. We want to do something else. We, mm. we don't want our lives to go on two different tracks. We want to be going together in the same mm-hmm. direction, professionally and personally. And so that was, I was married to a um, residential architect and I was a documentary filmmaker. I love and that. as much as I wish we were Chip and Joanna Gaines, we're like the opposite of Chip and Joanna Gaines. <laughs> so those were never really going to cross. Um, and I had made my own documentary, got funding, walked a red carpet, done all these things that I knew I could make a switch and not regret. Like I loved my time in production and I could still, I'm going to do, I could still go back and do it and be very happy. But the dream of what we wanted our life to look like was bigger than that. And so we created a new, a new thing. Well, and so tell me about this. What, what do you mean you were walking the red carpet? Oh, so I got to walk a red carpet uh, for a movie yeah. called Billy the Early Years um, because I was one of the, I mean, I was in one of the producers for a few of the scenes and that sort of thing. That's, so, you know, all these things in film school yeah. that you're like, I want to walk, you know, I want to, I want to fund my mm-hmm. project. I want to tell my story and, you know, do all those things. I want to rock on a red carpet and be a part of something mm-hmm. on the big screen. Like I got to check all those boxes off in let's see, three years, four years. And then I said, okay, well, what, what do I want my actual life to look like? Not Mm -hmm. what are these things that I want to do, but what is the life that I'm trying to create? (laughs) And is this going to get me there? So I love that. I love the Mm -hmm. intentionality. Like that's one of your superpowers is your intentionality, even way back then. And just out of curiosity, because I know some people are wondering, what was your documentary about Billy the Early Years? Well, the Billy the Early Years was a feature. It wasn't a documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, I just worked on that. I worked on a document, or my documentary was I told the story of a, a, it was actually my brother Mm -hmm. who went to Haiti um, to help. And in actuality, he ended up breaking everything that he touched there and coming to realize that sometimes when you go to help, you're actually not a help. You know, like Mm. there's a book that when helping hurts. And so that was not my intention. I never intended for my brother to break wealth (laughs) that he was going to help build. But it ended up, and that's what I love about documentaries. You really have no idea. I I actually thought I was telling the story of a kid who, a college kid who was going to go and try to find his um, sponsored child in Haiti. And then in reality, what I told was a story about when helping hurts and how sometimes you go thinking you're going to do good. And in reality, you're the one that's going to be changed, not the people that you are going to help. So you still have it. I do. It's, it's, we should um, watch it. We should. Yeah. It's not, it's not excellent, but it is good. So. Like a screening. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, we'll, we'll stop before you get into real estate. Yeah. Kimber, I'm curious where, where did you grow up? Yeah. I grew up in uh, Newport News, Virginia. So it's sort of tidewater. It's where, like close to Virginia Beach and Hampton and uh, Williamsburg. So it's a, it's, maybe people have been there. It's a little destination city. I thought I was growing up in a really big city. 
until my later years. I came to Washington, D.C., and I was like, oh, this is a city. I was not in that little city. But we had five high schools, and <laughs> and it was a cool town. My mom was an educator. My dad was the fire marshal. My granddad, like, integrated the police force, you know, in the generation before me, them. So it was just, it was a really cool place to grow up because all my family lived there, and everyone, you know, Everyone knew us, and everyone knew everybody else, which was a cool, I think, as a kid, a really cool thing to grow up around. Yeah, that is really cool. After um, after high school, where did you go? Yeah, so after high school, so like right, mom's teacher, dad's in the fire department, and so I was like, well, there's no way I'm going into like any of those things. So I was like, I'm going to be a social worker, <laughs> so because like, you know that was complete departure from what everybody else had done in the human services world. <laughs> and so I went to James Madison, which is also um, in Virginia. And yeah, but I went right in knowing as a like, right, high school senior that I was going to be a social worker. And people were like, okay. But they had a great bachelor social work program. And so I got to jump right in and really like get my arms around mm. what it meant to be a social worker and have that sort of side of impact and sort of see families that they're most vulnerable and, um, and do that from a really, really early age. That's incredible that you knew right away that that was what you wanted to do starting out. Did you work yeah, in that I after knew, you graduated? I did. So I went straight from um, undergrad to get a graduate degree. So in, in social work, if you're, you can kind of go lots of different directions, which is one of the things I loved about it. Uh, but you also, if you want to practice and, and do be a practitioner, you need to have a master's. So I went straight into um, a master's program at Bryn Mawr in Pennsylvania. And so that I did a double master's in social work and then law and social policy. Because I started to write pretty mm. quickly, get interested in, okay, what we have all these problems, but it's really the policies and how we treat right? People in our, in our different, in our communities that has a big impact. So I did a double master's in that and came out and was ready to like hit the ground running. Um, I came back to DC and really back to, I hadn't lived in DC. I just spent the summers there, but I knew that like, that was a place a lot of my family had sort of landed there on my mom's side and my dad's side. So come to DC and, uh, went right into a public charter school in probably one of the most impoverished, um, parts of, you know, certainly the city and probably, in some ways, the country, and went right into wow. to a school. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, my family was like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, what are you doing? We've done everything <laughs> to like, not have to, like, have anyone in our family have to experience this. And you're like, at 22, like, charging right, right in the middle of the storm. Hmm. What was that? What was that like coming from the background that you came from jumping into that willfully? Like, what did that, what did that do for your perspective? I think it's a great question. I mean, I think it it gives, you, it gives you a different perspective on both what you've had in terms of like the opportunities and access, and then also just how like individually we can impact people's lives and sort of see a different experience. It amazed me that like the students that I had an opportunity to work with like had never left in, in DCs divided into eight wards, and like so they grew up in this one ward of the city, um, and they would literally like high school students but had never left the ward, much mm -hmm. less like the city. And so just seeing, like, right, the charter school, I was called Third Marshall. So it was a charter school started by a group of Georgetown law students. And so they were, a lot of what they did was just, like, taking them into, like, Northwest and taking them into law firms and taking just creating that exposure so that they could kind of be the first in their families to have that impact. So for me, that was a big, um, it was a big force of, like, how, how we can create change. That's really cool, Kimber. And then... How did how did you jump from there to real estate? What happened in between there? 
That's, I know a lot of times it involves a, a boy, piece. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I meet this guy who's like also in the nonprofit world. And so we're both, we actually meet in a nonprofit um, working together to help low-income high school seniors get into get into college as first generation. And so he was like, I have this great idea. I think you could really impact you know, he had a bigger impact through real estate. Like, I'm going to get my real estate license. So Bo gets his license in 2004 um, and really jumps in as sort of rookie end of the, of the year, 30 under 30. And and so, you know, fast forward a couple of years, we get married. And he's like, I think, you know, at this time we're like, I'm 26, he's 28. And he's like, I think we should. Hey, why not? two years into the business. We should start a brokerage. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that sounds like a great idea. Sure. Why not? Why? That yeah. sounds like a great idea. Oh, we should just start. We should get a franchise of a company no one's ever yeah. heard of in our town. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. And I'm like, oh, it's genius. It's a great idea. Uh, so we, yeah, the launch of Keller Williams in 2006 in DC, the very first KW in Washington DC, and we had a sales business that he had had for two years. So I'm a dual. At this point, I get licensed uh, in 2007. At, as a dual career agent. So he's going to run the brokerage and I'm going to jump in and, um, you know, lead the sales business, which was me (laughs) at the time, like a marketing admin. And so I was like, this is a great idea. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, part of that was because one of the ways, you know, we'd started to do a little bit of just, I call it development, but it was really buying and renovating houses. And, And so it was actually Bo's mom who homeschooled her four kids. And she was like, this sounds like a great idea, but like, how how does the business make any money? And Bo was like, oh, well, it makes its money by the sales team. And she was like, but you're going to go run this brokerage? Like, so how how's that mm. going to work? And he's like, well, we're not going to have a sales team. And so I'm like, well, that's not going to work because I'm a social worker at this point, right? Like, so yeah. how's that going to happen? So in my mind, it was like, I'm just going to dive into this. As Tiffany said, like, I felt like I'd had a big impact at a young age in the social work space. And so I was like, well, let me dive into what was going to be the family business for a few years. And I can always dive back to social work and um, dive into that space. So that's sort of how it started. And then I looked up and it was like, here that's we are. Amazing. Right? <laughs> that's amazing. Well, like and honestly, later. I look at you both and it's yeah, so remarkable. And you both achieved yeah. so much success yeah. and you've been so intentional about everything you've done. Uh, it's interesting to look up. And what I also think is interesting about both of you is that you're at a point in your life where you're both kind of thinking about what's what's next for you. So I'd love to, I mean, I know we, we probably want to do a deep dive into the whole real estate part of it. But what I do think is really interesting is that you guys bring the perspective of, hey, we've had a lot of success at a young age. And here we are. Uh, we're both you're both still in your 40s mm-hmm. and um you're like what's next so i'm just curious tiffany i know i know you're you're thinking about it a lot so i just i'd love for you to share with our listeners where you're at and where you think you're going yeah um I, we're going to be probably unpacking that live on the podcast because i i will say i have no idea exactly what's next and uh over the last you know 10 years within like got into real estate. We can learn about that story later. But within four years, I had two kids and a million dollar business. And um, everybody always tells me I'm so intentional, but I also find like, I find myself just putting my head down and succeeding at whatever is put in front of me. And, but I jerk myself out after a few years and say like, wait, what's going on here? 
Is this what we really want to be doing? And mm. it happened with production. It happened with real estate too, where I realized, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm chasing somebody else's version of success right now. Or I've, I've actually achieved somebody else's version of success. Why am I miserable? Mm. Um, and it, it just, mm. it made me do a really deep dive over the last five years about um, identity. Like my business had become my identity. And if my business was down, I felt yeah. like I was failing, even though I was winning. Um, and just slowly unraveling that and realizing that Tiffany mm-hmm. Fikes is more than Fikes Realty Group and uh, Fikes Architecture and all the other businesses um, that, that we're a part of. And who is Tiffany? Like, what was she created to be? And what was she created to do? And how is she different mm-hmm. than everybody else? And so the thing that I know right now is I am a creator of experience. That's what I've always done. It's what I did in documentary. It's, it's how I got into, I mean, even in real estate, like the first thing I did was I threw a launch party and um, I would always tell the stories of our of our transactions. They, they weren't transactions, they were stories to me. And so learning that piece of it, um, of who I am and slowly releasing my identity and value from the production of my business has, after four years of therapy and work and, you know, crying and all of those things, has me at a place where I can say, I don't know, what what is it? And the one thing <laughs> that I know for certain, though, based on where our family is, is I've got five years left with these kids at my house. And I don't want to miss a day of it. And um, so what I do know is that creativeness and that creation of experience is going to be pointed towards some boys for a few years. Mm. Um, And I know it will bleed out to other things as well. And what is building that part of my life look like? Um, Because not that I neglected it, but what if they get my creativity? What if they get my experience for a little bit? And I truly treat my business like a business um, that is functioning and and working. And and if I don't think too Mm -hmm. highly of myself, like if I remove myself, is it really going to fail? Is it really going to fall apart? Um, And I'm finding the answers, no. Like, when you've created something with a good foundation and on good models mm. and have good people, um, sometimes I found, I won't talk for anyone else, but sometimes I found myself thinking a little too highly of my input and my um, energy and all of that in the business. And so I'm learning how to balance mm. that. And I am, uh, you know, I may be starting a middle school. I may be... Um, taking my kids around the world. I literally have no idea. You cannot be catching me at a less knowing time right now. (laughs) I love it. That's what I do know is experiences will be created (laughs) through me because that is just who I am and what I do. So, Well, I love that. And thank you for your honesty and authenticity and your vulnerability there. And for our listeners, you know, this is the gift that you get you know, when we talk about building a big mm-hmm. business and an even bigger life, this is what happens when you build a business. You know, what Tiffany's talking about is, is like, hey, I've created a life for myself. I've created a business that mm-hmm. uh, will allow me to step away and take some time out and really think about what I want for the next the next stage of my life. And um, th- that's life. You know, life isn't, you'll definitely meet 
some people who've been living the same life for the past 50 years, but in my world, you know, it's almost like everything comes in, in sevens sometimes, you know, you've got, um, something happens for seven years and then maybe you move on to this next stage mm. of your life and then maybe move on to the next stage of your life. And so to, to have set yourself up financially to allow yeah. yourself to have that creativity and room to explore is, is completely remarkable. So, um, yeah. So what about you, Kimber? It's beautiful. I know. I mean, in, as I listened to Tiffany, while we bring very different perspectives, I think we're sort of in a season that's, that has a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, we've built mm-hmm. these, I've had a beautiful opportunity to, you know, go from one market center to, to five market centers with a thousand agents in our Calumas Capital Properties franchise, but then also four years ago, switch into the regional director seat and sort of mm. have an opportunity to kind of get a front row C-suite view into how brokerages operate, right, in the largest brokerage uh, in the country, right, in the KW space. And so that has been, like, just, I feel like I've been on a rocket ship of, like, leadership development and growth. Um, And to be able to kind of have an opportunity to, like, pause and reflect also on, on, like, what, what's the world? Like, I'm definitely with, like, Tiffany, I've a lot of times been like, well, I'm doing this because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, and I've had some people challenge me, right, like in therapy rooms and in certain mastermind rooms and in yeah. some of this room, right, of, of certainly the Her Best Life space to say, well, who mm-hmm. who is the they? Mm-hmm. Like, who are you doing this for? Um, and who's <laughs> saying that you have to do these things? And I think sometimes I felt like as, um, certainly as a black female too, like, okay, well, I've got to like punch through the ceiling because people haven't done you it really yet. You really did. And, and so that I think is important that people see people that look like them and creating those opportunities, but also like, what does that, where does that leave me right in the, in the space and the family and the boys that, um, that I want to be creating. And so I'm, I'm saying no to some things I haven't said no to before, and I'm not refilling them, which has been like a really big growth step for me. Mm-hmm. And and the world is often like, well, what are you doing? So what's next? What's next? That's like the biggest <laughs> question. Yeah. You're Besides, like, I'm done. Girl, right? <laughs> we are what's done. Next? Those are my two <laughs> biggest questions. You did your best effort there. I am done you really with did. that. I you really did. Four amazing, yeah. beautiful you, boys you for the did world. Hundred percent, your best. Thank effort. you. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I did. I uh, did. I went for it. And he's amazing. And he's a he um, today. Right. So, so that is, that's it. Right. And so I'm, I'm really like, like pausing and listening. I think one of the themes I see in like amazing leaders is that they create space and time to think and reflect and listen to themselves, right? Like listen to what the voice inside of you is saying, not the voice inside of everyone or from everyone else. So that has for me looked like a lot of journaling, a lot of reflecting, and creating an opening for there to be space. Cause I don't feel like, you know, for the last few years I've had that. We've been on a on an amazing rocket ship that's built of beautiful business and life. And I feel like I'm getting an opportunity to to pause and take a breath and before I pick another path, which is kind of cool because I feel like I'll be living that as well with Tiffany live and in color on this one. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think that's an exciting part about the two of you is that it's not like you're at a destination and you're like, look at what I have achieved and clap for me type of a situation. You're in a, yes, we have, we have built these really incredible, massive things and there's still more. And that's such a theme of what we strive for with the podcast is, is this pursuit of the big life and, and watching you all unfold that in real time with us is going to be a real gift that we get to go on with you. So I'm, I'm super pumped about that. If you think about like 
getting to transition into these seasons where you're paying attention to this, was there a period before you decided to um, maybe to Kimber's point, pause or to Tiffany's point, like define your level of success? Was there a point you just kind of wanted to quit and be like, forget all this. I'm just going to scrap it. Like, did you hit a wall before you got through? (laughs) What was that like? I mean, like, is that not the right answer? Is it not every day? I say all the time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I think when you actually, like, peek behind the curtain, you you see that, like, oh, everybody's—it's messy everywhere. And I think that's why what you guys, even Mm -hmm. just the last two years of the podcast, like, being able to peek behind this idea that, like, we, especially, I think, in the real estate space and as women— it looks so perfect. You're like, oh my God, that person has it mm-hmm. all figured out. And the answer is like, you don't. And then mm-hmm. you can be like embrace all the gifts of the imperfections of it, right? That mm-hmm. those are where the lessons are coming in. But I think we are taught, like we're, we look up and you have like this, you know, social media like world that says everything looks perfect all the time. Not the thousand pictures it took to get my boys to like halfway look well, at the camera and smile like, that I posted this morning. <laughs> yeah. The not giving up is <sighs> the only difference between us and anyone else. Like everyone, employee, business owner wants to quit at some point and their choice to do it or to not is, is, is the difference. And sometimes quitting is fine. Like stopping is fine. Um, and it's the why and why are you doing it? Why are you still pushing here? And for me, that was one of the big questions is, I didn't quit for a long time for the wrong reason. And then when I realized why I was doing it was for the they that doesn't exist, um, Mm. then I realized, okay, that's what you quit, that. I'm going to quit doing it for they. Mm. I'm going to do it for me or I'm not going to do it and somebody else is. Um, And I think that's, that's the important part because I was kind of, in my mind, quitting was very bad. I'm, I'm loyal. I um, am resilient. I uh, have a high, I'm competitive. I have a high pain yeah. threshold, apparently. Competitive. You know, like, I <laughs> we can all do. do it. I can, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anybody, any business mm-hmm. owner has a high threshold <laughs> yeah. for pain yep. and yeah. doing things that are hard. And realizing maybe I don't, you don't have to do mm-hmm. the hard thing. Like I had a counselor just this last week that I was talking to, we were doing something and I was like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. So I, I, I'll, let me lean in over there. And she's like, you don't have to pick the hard, Tiffany. Like go, go over to where it's easy for just a second. And why don't you live there for a second? So I'm not saying that the going and not giving up is, is always the right thing, but realizing the why and deciding for yourself when's the right time to quit. And mm-hmm. 99% of the time, it's not the right time, but there are times. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or go a I different direction, too, like, right? Like, yeah. Like, right? Like sometimes yeah. we, we tell ourselves that it was quitting, but it was actually mm-hmm. like backing mm-hmm. up and coming, like you're, you're forcing against the brick wall that's actually not going to move. And if you just looked at it from a different way, you could actually tackle the problem. Like what are, what are you actually trying to solve? And is it mm-hmm. you're quitting an activity or a behavior or a mind, like something that's actually not serving you to actually still get, it's back to that why, right? Well, what, why are you doing mm-hmm. this? And is this the only end to get to the result that you want? Well, and you have to have that reflection time to really be able to do that because if you're going a million miles an hour all the time, you're just going to think that's the norm of going a million miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, I had a, I actually had some clients that moved from New York City to Austin and 
they were going a million miles an hour in New York. And when they got to Austin, their life slowed down a lot and they realized they just weren't in love with each other anymore and they divorced. But they they literally didn't notice because they were just going a million miles an hour. And so what you're saying, so both of you, is like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Um, you you've 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 built businesses, you set yourself up for success so that you can take a breath and really think about it, but you actually don't have to do that in order to do what these guys are doing. You know, you can actually look around and see, see what the next right path is too. So super powerful. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. I think your rooms make impact that too. And I think about her best life and the work that both we've done in our smaller group, but have really brought to the world in the larger group, like creating a space for me, this, this circle and that community has been the game changer to give myself permission to not have to feel like I have to do it all and run a million miles an hour and juggle all the balls. I mean, Tiffany is like the best gift to me to say like, you know, Mm -hmm. Kimber, you don't have to cook the dinner to enjoy it with your boys. Like, and I was like, oh, really? Like, like, there's people that do that? Yeah. And like, what a gift, right? Because yeah. then I, you get to actually then say, well, what is it that you enjoy? And so it, it's it's what I think is so powerful about, about this community. Well, it's the they. Like, make sure the they that mm-hmm. you're listening to is a, is a group that cares about you. Let your circle be the they, because they will ask you the good questions and, and they will give you the perspective that sometimes you don't even see. Like, I, I know for sure my path would be different if I didn't have this group of women speaking into my life and saying, do you even see this? And to Wendy's point, no, because I'm running a thousand miles an hour. I don't see anything except yeah. things flying <laughs> past me. <laughs> and, and my life is yeah. forever changed because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, just we've seen that in so many aspects of our lives, whether it's uh, giving each other permission to go bigger uh, whether it's giving permission to go in a different direction, whether it's giving permission to um, if you follow wealth building, you know, do real estate investing, or whether it's giving us permission to just say, hey, where you're at is okay, and that's good, and you can take a step sideways and see see what's in front of you. Because sometimes when you're sort of marching on this path, you have to slow down take a step off the path and and really see what's around you um, in order to to really take advantage of it. So, Mm -hmm. I think about um, growing up, we used to spend summers in Colorado and there's this, like we were back in the middle of the national forest, like we'll just call it family camp because there was no one else around. And um, we were like at the base of this whole mountain range, like that circled us. And we would at least once a week take a hike and go up. It was probably about like a 2000 foot to the summit, like from where we were to the base, to the summit from where we were at. And um, along like the first couple of times we did it, we would just go straight up. Like, you know, you go up, stop, up, stop. You would just keep trudging up. And as I got older, we would go up, hike for 20 or 30 minutes, stop, have a picnic lunch and look around. Then go up, stop, have a picnic and look around. And what we discovered with that was the the view is so different when you take the break and look at the different summits of what that looks like versus just getting to the peak. Um, your muscle fatigue looks different. Your energy looks different. You find um, herds of elk and you find hidden waterfalls and you find all of these things you weren't expecting on the way to the summit when you take your time 
to stop and really breathe and look and maybe plan the extra 30 minutes along the way. And I, I think about that as such a great metaphor for the white space that we need when we're summiting different challenges or different growth areas because we'd miss all these really magical, beautiful things if if we don't stop for that white space, which I think as, as doers and achievers and drivers and leaders, we are so conditioned to do. Um, and I, I think that's a gift you all have given me is, is to take those white spaces and those breaks to enjoy the journey and the process a lot more than I was when we first started getting together. So I'm very thankful for that. I love that. And what I love about all of us is you can take those breaks and you can still look around and, and know that you've had a level of success that most people would find remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mm-hmm. guys, today's been amazing. I'm so excited for our new co-hosts. I know they're going to continue to share uh, so many gold nuggets, uh, continue to be authentic and vulnerable and share everything that's going on inside of them. And I personally took a lot away from this episode. Um I I took away that you can't be uh, somebody else's version of success, right? Whoever they are, that's not you. Um, Your identity is not your business. I thought that was so smart, Tiffany. Um, You need to listen to that voice inside of you. Uh, The not giving up is the difference between me and everybody else. I loved that. Yes, I absolutely love that. And and then last but not least, but it's messy everywhere. You know, it's life is about yeah. failure and growth and it's our journey as a human being to go through all that. And sometimes you gotta just uh, take a step off the path, take a look around and see what's in front of you in order to achieve your, your big life. So thank you so guys, so much guys for being here. And as always go out and build a big business and even bigger life. Bye, y'all.